It's important for brothers and sisters in Christ to enjoy each other's story. And I'm talking about a faith story. Now, we all love a good story, right? I hope you do. I like gathering around a campfire and hearing scary stories. Uh, Sometimes I like to hear uh, the stories about a young couple and how they come to know each other and fall in love and get engaged. But I'd rather hear this scary story around the campfire than the love story. Actually, I'd rather celebrate uh, Halloween than Valentine's Day. Can I get a witness on that one? No? Anybody? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. Some of you are like, that is horrible. And I intentionally did not celebrate Valentine's Day. Brianna got me a card anyway, and I said, what are you doing? Burn this. We have an agreement. But I read it anywhere, anyway, and it was beautiful. But I do love a good story, and it may not be a love story. Stories are powerful tools. They really are because they, they make a point that's memorable and relatable. They help people understand and think in a different way. And that's why Jesus, uh, he used stories to reach people. His greatest method, his primary method of teaching was stories. We call them parables. And that was why Jesus was so good at what he did. He knew how to tell a story and he did really well with it. Today I'm going to continue our series. It's a three-week series. The series is called, Are You Ready? It's Time to Share Your Faith. Last week we talked about your mission. Today, if you haven't caught on, we're talking about your story, right? Your story. And I want to teach you how to use your story and how God can use your story to reach people in a way that maybe you never thought you could. So when my daughter was young, Ellie, she's really little. She loved to hear stories before she went to bed. So she said, Daddy, tell me a story. Tell me a story. She said it just like that, real awkward and weird. She said, Daddy, tell me a story. So I'd lay next to her and I said, all right, I'll tell you a story. And I'd tell her the greatest story I ever could. I came up with some crazy stories. Usually she likes scary stories. She's just that type of kid. And then when I was done telling the story, Ellie goes, Daddy, don't go to bed. I want to tell you my story. Lay down here. I want to tell you my story. I have a story, Daddy, to tell you. So she'd tell me her story. And guess what? Her story was just a repeat of my story every single time with just maybe a few variations. Maybe the guy was bald in my story. And in her story, he had hair. You know what? The reason why that happened was one of two. Either A, Ellie didn't have a story to tell, or B, she had a story to tell, she just didn't know how to tell it. And I think in here, we have a lot of people just like that. Some have a faith story. You've come to know Jesus Christ, there was a transformation in your life, you are a Christian, and you know for sure, you just don't know how to tell your story. And then we have others that may not have a story to tell. Because you've never had Jesus Christ in your life. There's never been a point in your life that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And that's okay. Because today could be the beginning of your story. I hope so. And if you're not a Christian, today I'm going to challenge you to listen. Because God wants you to be a part of His story. It's a beautiful opportunity. So think about this. The Apostle Paul, which was one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I love the Apostle Paul. I preach on him often. He's the lead example of how to share your faith story. You see, in Galatians, we're going to focus on Galatians. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, he he brings some clarity to the church. He said, I preach the gospel and I give my story to those that need to hear. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, because I've been given it by God himself. 
It was a revelation of Christ. Now, this is not something that I came up with or some man gave me. This is something that I have in my life, this story, this gospel message, because God gave it to me. And so Paul's story began with an encounter with Jesus, and it led him to preach the gospel. Now, that encounter, for those that are not familiar, took place on the road to Damascus when he was persecuting the church. And boy, did he have an encounter. I mean, a smackdown from Jesus from heaven to put him in his place. So in verse 12, Paul tells the church in this, in this passage of Scripture that his authority in his story came from God and not man. And so Paul had a clear, get this, a clear understanding of his story and was not ashamed of it. And when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you're, you've been given the authority to declare that your life was changed because of God. This is not something you got from a TED Talk. Come on. It's not something you got online and you clicked on it and you said, man, I want to learn how to be a better person. Yeah. Jesus made you a better person because he transformed your life. Yeah. And so you have this authority to give your story. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul understood the powerful transformation that the gospel made in his life, and he wanted to share it by using his story. And he did. And he did a really good job. And, and, and the way he would do it was very unique. And so we're going to learn from the way Paul gave his story. There's a threefold synopsis to, to your faith story, okay? Now watch this. In order for you to understand this, I want you to listen very closely because I want you to walk away and go, I get it. This is so simplistic. I can apply this in my life and I can use it. You have to know your story, love your story, and share your story. I'm going to say it one more time. You have to know your story, love your story, and share your story. Very simple. This is the way Paul did it. Each one of these elements were too, true to Paul's faith story. It's not just any story, it's a faith story. And each of these elements are made up of different components. And I'm going to explain that as I go. So right now, I want you to take your right hand and don't raise it unless you're on the same page with me. So if you're on the same page with me, you understand where we're going, would you just raise your hand and say, I got you, Dave, right here, right hand. If you're lifting your left hand, you're in left field. So I just needed to focus. Maybe you can get back with me, all right? First thing, you need to know your story. Now, this is really good the way Paul did this. Paul shared his story with the church of Galatia, and he did it in such a profound way. For Paul to give clarity and communication of giving his story, he had to understand it. So he breaks it down in three, in a, in a three parts. This is the way he did it. His life before Jesus. This is separation. He was separated from God. How he came to know Jesus. This is salvation. And then the last one, his life now with Jesus. This is called transformation. Very easy. And so he writes a letter to the church and he says, let me give you my story. Y'all going to love it. It's so simple. There's three parts to it. And so in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 13, he begins with that first part, his life before Jesus. And he says, you guys probably heard of my conversation of time past and, and how I was involved with the Jewish religion. I was doing some things that were completely contrary 
to what God's will was. I was persecuting the church of God and I wasted it. I did some awful things. Not only that, I was so wrapped up in this religion and the traditions of my fathers, I was zealous about it. Yeah. Man, you can get zealous about the wrong things. And it may be part of your story. Maybe you get wrapped up in, in some doctrine that's contrary to Scripture. And you're all consumed with that. Maybe that's part of your story. For Paul, his story before Jesus Christ was filled with murder, deceit, legalism. He was persecuting the church. But that was his story. So he says to the church, I want you to know in verse 13 and 14, this was my life before Jesus. Yeah. And then he gives some clarity about his life and how he came to know Jesus. So Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, he says, he gives some, um, some clarity on that. He said that, that God had a plan for me before I was even born. And let me tell you, God has a plan for you. Yeah. Before you ever discovered America, God had a plan for you. And because of that, God wanted you, first of all, to know his grace and his love for you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to, to, to repentance. And so that was God's will even for Paul over 2,000 years ago. And so Paul says in verse 16, so that God, by his grace, revealed Jesus to me. He said, man, it was by the grace of God. And through that, I believed. And not only that, I started preaching the gospel, which is mind-blowing. I mean, mind-blowing because of this reason. Because he was persecuting the church, denying the gospel, and he said, but through my encounter with Jesus, it changed everything because of salvation, God's grace. Now watch this. He said, it doesn't stop there. Let me show you my life now. This is his life now with Jesus. This is called the transformation. This is how he explained his story. This is how he understood it and the way he put it. All right, watch this. Galatians chapter 1, verse 21 through 24. He said that he came to a region. And when he got to that region, word started to spread amongst the churches that Paul was about to show up. Now, he says, they never, they've never seen me face to face. All they know is my story before Jesus. And then they found out about how I come to know Jesus. And then, wow, they realized his life now with Jesus, this transformation. And he gives clarity to this. In verse 23, he said, they heard about my persecution in, in the time past, how I, how I persecuted the church. And now I'm preaching the faith which once I destroyed. Now watch this. And they glorified God in me. They were so excited about my transformation. Man, they're rejoicing with me. So he says, here's my story. This was my life before Jesus, separation. This is how I came to know Jesus, salvation. And this is my life now with Jesus, my transformation. That's his clarity and understanding of his story. Now watch, the same goes with you. It's your story. If you have a faith story, a time that you encountered Jesus Christ and you realized you needed Christ in your life, you had something that happened in your life before that ever took place. Now, I don't know what it looks like. Only you do. I don't know what you've been through, but it's part of your story. Yeah. And then from there, you've had this moment. Now, you may not remember the day and the time. You may not even remember exactly where you were, but you know for sure you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Some people say, you need to know exactly what you said. 
Well, I know I'm, I'm married. I know I'm married. I've been with this woman for 20 years. I have no idea outside of I do. Outside of that, I don't have a clue what I said at the altar. I remember repeating stuff. I remember kissing her. It was great. But outside of that, I don't remember a whole lot. But I know this. I gave my life to her and she gave her life to me and I love her. And I meant it. And it showed there's been a transformation in my life in multiple ways. I've lost my hair since I got married. That tells you something. <laughs> but here's the point. I knew who I was before I got married. I can't remember everything I said when I got married, but I know what it's done in my life since I got married. Yeah. Now, same goes with Jesus in your life. Know your story. Now, not only that, you've got to love your story. Your story is either a good one, a bad one, or an ugly one. There ain't no way around that. And, and, and you need to learn to love it no matter if it's good, bad, or ugly. Paul's story was a very, very ugly story. Filled with persecution, murder, legalism, denial of Jesus being the Son of God, the Messiah. But according to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 13, if we follow Scripture, Paul never left out the ugly parts of his story. He said this, church, when he wrote to the church, I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. I got to own it. That's who I was. He said, I, I can't leave out the ugly parts. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. When you're giving your story, you don't have to give every dirty detail. But you need to feel the liberty in Christ to tell people that you've been through some things before you learn some things. Y'all following me? Yes, sir. And so with this story, he had to learn to love even the ugly parts. He loved his story for what it was, even though it was ugly. I don't know where you're at with your story. It may be good, it may be bad, it may be ugly. Your story and my story, though, are not the same. Let me say that again. Your story and my story are not the same, but we do have one thing in common. That's his story. Yeah. See, our story, because it's a faith story, is a redemption story. Y'all following me? Yes, sir. And because it's a redemption story, we can let everybody know about our story and it can change their life, whether it be good, bad, or ugly. But you got to love it for what it is. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. Jesus loved you for who you are. And he came to where you were. And that's why our salvation story is this beautiful redemption story. Now think about this. The good. Some people have a really good redemption story, you know. And the way that looks is simply this. Maybe they grew up in a good home. Maybe they grew up in a Christian home. They didn't have a lot of baggage, but they got saved. God saved them regardless of how good their life was. Yeah. Now, when I was a kid and I'd go to camp meetings and I was growing up in Alabama, I'd hear these wonderful stories and I thought, wow, now that's a testimony worth telling. I don't have that. I'm 17 years old. I've, I've never drank. I never smoked. I, I, I cussed one time and it was an accident. I slipped up. I never even kissed a girl. Man, I have a miserable life. I mean, what kind of story is this? Man, if I would have just, if I would have just went to jail one time, if I would have just smoked one doobie or maybe had a, maybe a small crack house in the basement, I would have had a cool story. God, thank you so much for my horrible story. Thank you. You know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't ugly. It wasn't bad. It was good. 
You see, the, the thoughts we get is this. We don't have a good enough story to tell anybody because it's not filled with enough sin. So we think, why tell anybody? I mean, what's so profound about my story? And there I was as a kid thinking that way. You know, here's the reality of it. Your good story can change somebody's life that thinks they have a good enough life to go to heaven. Y'all follow me? Yes, sir. There's this, this idea in people's minds that, you know, if I do A, B, and C, I'm okay. If I maintain good works, I'm okay. In the Roman Catholic movement, they, they think that's the way it works, but that's not the way it works. And so if you have a good story and you grew up in a good home and you didn't have a lot of trauma, you weren't abused and you didn't have any sexual abuse in your life and you think, wow, what am I going to, how can I speak into somebody's life? You can. Because there's a lot of good people in churches that think they're just doing, ju they're doing just fine and they need to know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. There's none righteous, no, not one. And they need to understand that the Bible makes it very clear for you and for me not, that, that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's grace, just like Paul experienced grace on the road to Damascus. So your good story is not, not, not something to frown about. It's a wonderful tool to use to change people's lives. Now, there's those that have a bad story. The bad is the person that made decisions throughout their life that, that weren't very good. And finally it caught up with them and they realized something's got to change and they had an encounter with Jesus Christ and they got saved. Now it may not be ugly, it's just not good. It's bad. And this would probably best be represented by a guy named Zacchaeus. Y'all remember Zacchaeus? He was a little man. He was. It's the story we all know so well. And maybe you're not familiar with biblical history, but let me just fill you in. We know when we were in, 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 in well, like he just said, a wee little man. We know the song from when we were in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Why was he a wee little man in distress? Because there's some bad things going on in his life. You see, he wasn't just a wee little man. He was a bad little man. And he was a tax collector. And he was doing things and conniving and deceiving and doing things that were contrary to what he knew was right. And he took advantage of people. And he had a history of this. And so he knew Jesus was in town. And he was determined to hear the, method of, the message of Jesus Christ. And so he climbed up in the tree. And while he was in the tree, after Jesus was finished, Jesus comes to the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down for I'm going to your house today. And when he did, the story began. Wow! Here's, here's Zacchaeus thinking, this man that's changing the world wants to meet with me, even though he knows what kind of man I am, and go into my house, which is, that's a shame for any man that's a believer, especially a rabbi, to go in the house of a tax collector, and he's going to invest in my life? I'm a bad little man. But at that moment, his life changed. And what a story. It's a bad story. It's not a good story, but it's his story. Yeah. And it started in a tree that led to a house that led to redemption through Jesus Christ. Wow. But that may not be your story. You, you see, your story might be an ugly story. The ugly story are those that lived a life that was infiltrated with sin. They're, they're the life that was traumatized, sexualized, and maybe even ostracized and all other sized. You may be in a position in your life thinking, 
Nobody could relate to me. And nobody needs to know where I've been because it's ugly. You see, Peter couldn't relate to an ugly story. Peter had a good story. Peter was with his dad and he loved his daddy and he worked hard and he was looking for the coming of the Messiah. So when Jesus showed up, he immediately dropped his nets and followed Jesus. Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men and he believed. It, it wasn't a smackdown on the road to Damascus. It was faith immediately in a boat. And he left his dad and he began to serve Jesus Christ. That's a good story. Can you imagine having that story? It's not a bad story. It's a good story. But Paul's is an ugly story. Um, Paul was a man consumed, as you've already heard me say, with religion, Judaism. And he was determined to put a stop to the spread of the gospel. And whatever it takes. And even at one point in his life, he was there, present, holding the garments of those that stoned Stephen, one of the most profound preachers of the time. And he witnessed it. And from there, as he grew older, he would do the same thing to other preachers. What an ugly story. Now, let me tell you, the difference between Peter and Paul is this. Peter cannot reach the same Peter, uh, people that Paul is reaching. Y'all follow me? Because Paul had an ugly story that could relate to people that have an ugly life. And that's what happened according to Galatians chapter 2, if you fast forward, 7 and 8. Paul gives clarity of this. He said, I've been entrusted with the gospel to go preach to the uncircumcised. He said, but Peter, he's going to be preaching to the circumcised, the Jewish people. I'm preaching to the non-Jewish people. I can relate to them and I can reach them. And the difference is our story. See, I haven't been a part of what they've been doing. But I can reach the ones that are on the outside and help them get on the inside and know that you don't have to be circumcised and follow the the laws of, of the Judaism. Because that is part of my story. Don't ever get to the point that you think your story is so ugly that it could not be shared. Never get to the point that you think because your marriage went south and it fell apart and you've maybe had a couple of marriages or maybe you've made some horrific decisions in your life and you've even attempted suicide or maybe you were caught up in drugs or maybe you you, you were consumed with the idea that you could drown all your sorrows and your misery and alcohol. I don't know where you're at. But I do know this, if it's an ugly story, it can be used for, from, for God and you can change somebody's life with it. Oh, yeah. I love hearing a redemption story of somebody that had an ugly story. It helps me. Now listen, I could probably help somebody that has an ugly life, but I'm not going to be re- able to relate to those people because I, ain't, I haven't been there. But maybe you have. Your story is so powerful. You need to love it. Love your story. Listen, you'll never forget what you've been through. It's a scar in your life that will never go away. I've said this before. I don't know if anybody in here has ever heard it. I remember when I was a little boy. If you heard this story, you're going to hear it again because it's great. It's a good story. We played G.I. Joe when G.I. Joe was cool. And Tony, me, my brother Denny, 
Well, half the time we didn't know where Denny was. But we would play in the yard and we had these fake guns. Surprisingly, they were fake. Us being in Alabama, you'd think we'd have real guns. We're running around the yard and we'd chase everybody that was a, you know, on that you know, Cobra Commander's team. And Tony came around the corner and hit me right in the face with the butt of the gun. Knocked that tooth right through my lip. Oh, it hurt so bad. I forgave him. I'm that kind of guy. I was like, you're okay, buddy. I went to the emergency room, got stitched up. That scar has never went away. So when I shave, when I used to shave, I look at my face and think, that's because of Tony. That's because of the guy that thought he was G.I. Joe. He did this to me. I'll never forget what happened. It's always going to be with me. It's part of my story. It's who I am. It's changed my life. But it's part of who I am, and maybe I can help somebody else by using it. You say, how are you using it? I just did. Because you need to realize that the things in your life, as ugly as they may be, are going to change somebody's life, even though it looks like a scar to you. Mm. Yeah, I just want to get rid of it. I just want to get rid of it. Hold on to it because God's going to use it. No, don't, don't lose me on this. You've got to share your story. You say, I love it. I'll learn to love it. I'm trying to love it. Well, share it. You see, when you share your story, you look for opportunity. Paul looked for opportunity. And it wasn't because he was a missionary or preacher. It was because he was intentional. Y'all with me still? Everybody with me still? Sharing your story means you've got to look for opportunity. If you were to back up to Acts chapter 26, we're in Galatians, back up to Acts chapter 26, Paul was taken prisoner. And he was put in prison because of sharing his story and giving the gospel. And while he was there in Acts chapter 26 and verse 1, he had an opportunity to stand before the king, King Agrippa. And from verse 1 to verse 20, instead of pleading his case, you know what this guy did? I mean, I would have been pleading my case. I don't want to be in prison. I don't want to be put to death. I don't, I don't, want, to be, I don't want to be beat. I don't want a cat of nine tails on my back or whatever they used during that period of time. I, did, I wouldn't want it. I would be pleading my case. But from verse 1 to verse 20, instead of pleading his case... Paul gave his story. You know why he gave his story? Because he saw opportunity. I'm standing in the throne room in front of the king and some of the greatest men in the kingdom. Why wouldn't I tell my story? They want to hear what I got to say, and I'm just going to tie it all together. So from verse 1 to verse 20, he tells his story. And it's not until verse 21 that he actually pleads his case. Now watch this. Why would he do that? Because he saw an opportunity to share a story and he didn't want to lose out on that opportunity. Now, he even clarifies in verse 22. He says to the king in Acts chapter 26 and verse 22, Having therefore attained help from, of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to the small and to the great. Yeah. Now, does that mean the little people and the big people? No. It means the poor people and the rich people. In other words, King, let me look you square in the face and let you know that everybody that I encounter needs to hear my story, whether they be the great or they be the small. I'm going to take every opportunity I get to let them know what Jesus did in my life. You know why he did that? Because he just didn't look for opportunity. He was always being soul conscious. Stop looking at people from a physical point of view and start looking at them from a spiritual point point of view. In other words, you go through life and you see people, don't think of them as an individual that's going to have a lifespan here, a short lifespan here on earth. 
Think of them as an individual that's going to spend eternity somewhere, whether it be heaven or hell. And when you start thinking that way, you become soul conscious. And that's where he was in his life. See, everybody you know needs to know. Come on. Everybody you know needs to know. And I know this might sound arrogant, but this is the truth. You need to think this way. Everybody needs to hear my story. Everybody needs to hear my story. Whether it be good, bad, or ugly. Tell your story. Paul not only took the opportunity to share his story, but he made sure that everyone in the room in Acts chapter 26, 27 through 29, heard the story. Everybody. So he looks at the king and he says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? He said, I know you do. Come on, king. I know you know what I'm saying is right. And then the king looks at him and says, Hmm, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And you know what Paul says in verse 29? Whoa, I don't want to almost persuade you. I don't want to almost persuade everybody. And hopefully I can convert them. Now I'm paraphrasing to the point that they have a life that's like mine without these chains, as he defines as bonds. I want to see you guys come to know my Savior and have a life that's changed. I just told you my story and how it changed my life. You can have it in your life. But almost, he said, thou persuadest me. Here's the reality. The reality is when you share your story, not everyone wants to hear it. Yeah, that's right. And here's what I want to tell you. Don't make the reason why they don't want to hear it you. Don't you mess it up. You say, what does that mean? In other words, let me put it this way. Have you ever had somebody tell you a story and you're thinking to yourself, please stop talking. I'd rather, I'd rather jab my eyeballs out than hear the rest of the story. Lord, please come back now. I'm talking about a story that just goes on and on and on. There's no excitement. It's just sheer misery. Now, I've dealt with a lot of people over the years. And I know there's certain people, if I ask them their story about how they're doing, they're going to tell me. And it's going to be awful. And they're going to say, oh, it's just been horrible. I am on five medications, Pastor Dave, right now. Five medications. I'm miserable. My dog is miserable. My cat is miserable. I even hate my cat. And my wife, she just never stops. She nags, nags, nags. And she ain't got no legs. She lost her legs. I drag her all over the house because we can't even afford a wheelchair. That's how miserable my life is. Now, you might think I'm being dramatic, and I am when it comes to no legs and no wheelchair, but here's the reality. Some people will go on and on until they look like they're worse than any man, woman, and child in history that's been through some awful things. Let me tell you something. If you're going to tell your story, don't, don't harp on the beginning of it. Some people are like, let me tell you my story. And all you talk about is the ugly part. And then you get, well, I gave my life to Jesus. And then it stops. Let me tell you, where you are with Jesus right now is a continuation of your story. Yeah. This church is part of your story. Your children are part of your story. If you just got married, that's part of your story. You see, your story is continuing on. And we need to be excited about our story. For a matter of fact, when you tell your story, you need to tell it in such a way that you're authentic and enthusiastic. Come on. You say, do I need to be animated? No, I'm not saying you've got to be animated. But you need to say it in such a way you actually believe it. Yes, sir. Y'all follow me? Yes, sir. I'm not saying pretend. I'm saying believe. 
believe in the grace of God. And, 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 and if you really truly believe that he changed your life, then you're going to want everybody to know and you're going to be excited about your transformation in your life. Paul was an encouragement to Timothy. And he made it a point to invest in his life. And he made sure Timothy understood that we need to tell our story as if it's the greatest story ever told. And it is because his story is part of our story. It's a redemption story. And so he clarified in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, that he's not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. He said, that though I'm a, I'm a, I, it's as if I'm a prisoner, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, but no matter what I go through or what I've been through, I'm not going to back down. I'm excited about my story. And I want everybody to know because it's the purpose and the grace and that's what's in me. And I want you to know it should be the same for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's your story. Now again, there's, only, there's one of two reasons why you haven't given your story. Either you don't have a story or you don't know how to tell your story. I hope there's not a third category and you're just lazy and you don't want to tell your story. Because you're not asked to. You're commanded to. It's called the Great Commission. Yes, sir. We talked, that, uh, talked about that last week. That's your mission. So this is my challenge to you. I really want you to try this with me. In the next three weeks, I want you to tell, to tell somebody, to share with somebody your story. Now, I don't know if you're willing to do that. But if you can step by, out by faith and, and really know your story, I mean, review it just like Paul did and understand those three steps, who I was before Jesus, how I come to know Jesus, and what my life looks like with Jesus. I believe that you can be effective in telling your story. Yeah. Love it for what it is, whether it be good, bad, or ugly. And when you share your story, make sure they know then it's not about you. It's not about some influence of a man like Paul said to the church. It's because of the grace of God. Because yeah. if you leave God out of your story, then it's no longer his story. It's only your story. Yeah.